Hey everybody, welcome to your unpaid therapist. Hello, welcome to another episode of your unpaid therapist. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I didn't even get a donut. Oh, that's, that, that's sexy though. I, right? I, I like it. I'm Valerie Milagros Ortiz. I don't know. I am your host, Ellie Kona. She's away. Brad Ford. <laughs> this is your unpaid therapist. Shua. Are we recording? (laughs) I feel like uh, I always want to do that uh, when we start because um, I miss Matt and um, I love it so much. Happy New Year, you guys. Uh, Welcome to your unpaid therapist. Now, we are, first of all, Ali Kona, we made it. We've done a Christmas episode. We're doing a New Year's episode. I feel so, I mean, you know me, I start getting corny and 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 whatever, but so thankful and like, we did it. I know, one whole year. Well, we haven't been releasing for a year, but we've been working on this for, yeah. A while. A long time. And yeah, so it feels um, really sentimental, super accomplished. And you've heard his voice already. If you watch us, you've seen him on the show. You've learned about so many things. Um, and I hopefully at this point, you've been uh, watching his videos and practicing on your own um, your meditation and your, uh, man, I'm going to mess this up. Is it tantric? 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 Perfect. Ah. former not the latter (laughs) you guys we have paul on the show again um and we're so excited because we're going to get a little bit deeper into his career how he changed what he was doing how he found his purpose he's gonna um give us some insight into all of that um and uh, do like a little teaser trailer to what you can do if you're going to join over his classes or one of his retreats out of the country but before we get into all that we have to do our Never Have I Evers. So let's go. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, you guys can't see her, but Ali Kona's flashing her uh, magic mic money again. <laughs> She's throwing it in y'all's face. I mean. But I'll let you start, Ali Kona. Magic Mike Live, co-choreographed by Teresa Espinoza. If you haven't watched your episodes, watch them. Anyways, that's, that's all. Right. I had to give a little yeah, shout out to Teresa. Okay, so oops, that one's faced up. Uh, wait, no, it's not right. Okay, Paul, you pick first. I'll pick. Okay, here you go. I'm picking, I'm picking, I'm picking. Okay, here I picked. Yeah. All right. Never have I ever had someone pull out a gun at or near me. Dude, that's happened. Same. In elementary <gasps> school, actually. What? No. Yeah. It was traumatic. <laughs> Dang, elementary school? Yeah. I'm not going to say his name, but we, like, I went home and told my told on him <laughs> was it a kid or? yeah he took his dad's gun to school and he pulled it out <gasps> to act tough like i got a gun like what wow <laughs> it happened to you too yeah not in elementary school. not in elementary <laughs> school i was at a party it was i it was my freshman year of college and i went with um, a mutual friend we know her name is sharina sharina had just had a baby so she was still she just had a baby. We went to this party. We were in a crowd talking. There's music on in the living room. And I feel like a push like this from the crowd. And I was like, what the? And I looked at people were screaming. I'm like, what's going on? And people were just trying to get out of the house. So I was just, okay, like we're getting out of the house. I don't know what's going on. Run into the garage. People are putting it on manual while other people are trying to hit the button and going nuts. I don't know what I'm running from yet, but I know it's something. 
And so people are screaming. They can't get out of the garage. We go out the sideway, try to cop the fence. And because Trina had just had a baby, she couldn't jump over the fence. Oh my God. So I just got booty, just booty cheeks in my hand. And I'm like, go, go. And then we find out somebody has a gun in there. Oh my God. So I like shove her over the fence. I jump over the fence. We run until we get to the parking lot of Walmart and just went to Walmart. So yeah. I didn't see the gun, so but was everyone... there an actual? Sorry to interrupt. Was there an actual shooting? Was there somebody? Did somebody get hurt? Uh, there was some. There was a bullet shot. It grazed the side of somebody's Stop ear. It. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh my god! Yeah. Wow. So, that is so sad. Uh, yeah. Anyways, but mm. what about you, Val? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I mean my brother and I used to play with his BB gun growing up, and I. I, this is kind of fun, but we used to play in the backyard and this wasn't fun for him because you said grazed. Um, so if you wow. shoot a BB gun and the BB pellet hits wood, it bounces back. Oh. Um, fun fact, if you didn't know this. And so if I didn't hit the little can and I hit the tree and it bounced back and grazed my brother's ear like that. Oh, so that's, my- that's traumatic. <laughs> Yeah, but he was good. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> excuse me. Well, dang. Okay, Val, your turn. Wow. You never have I ever. Okay, you want me to? Okay, I'll pick one. Mine. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. I'm shuffling. I'm shuffling. Okay. Oh, never have I ever broken a bone. Oh. No. no. Pla- oh, I had no. I haven't broken a bone. I had a hairline fracture in my. Uh, I was just telling David this the other day in my. Um, my not what's the bottom of your spine like right by your booty your coccyx <laughs> that's the base bone of your, <laughs> the coccyx bone like your, your, your bone. sitting bone that's your sitting anyway yeah. new to me yeah well the sitting bones are uh, yeah it was in high school we, <laughs> oh. that the coccyx bone y'all oh, okay <laughs> we're just teaching you guys things left and right um <sighs> so uh, we were doing a, i was doing a play a scene for um uh, from a Midsummer Night's Dream in high school, and it was districts competitions, and I was supposed to do like this, like pull, you know, little wannabe fight thing with my scene partner, and he like let it go before, like you know, it was like one, two, three, let it go, um, and he was holding it so tight, and I, you know, like I was leaning in really good, and so when he let it go, I like slammed on the ground, but like hard. Oh, and you can't do anything about it. Like you just, you have a hairline fracture, and you just, it just hurts to sit. You can't like get a cast on your butt. No, right? no, you <laughs> sure can't. No. Um, that's as exciting as I get for bone breaking. Yeah. I haven't broken have any anything. of y'all. I, I've, I've had a, I guess, hairline fracture when I had sprained my ankle. I had, you guys have heard me talk about it, but I parkoured over an obstacle. The obstacle fell over as I was launching on it, and landed on me. It was soft, but it caused my ankle to go in and out. And when it did it, it cracked my shin. Oh gosh. So yeah, I guess, but never broken anything. Knock on wood. (laughs) What about you? No, I'm one of the rare. Yeah. I mean, never, every kid broke a bone or something, but no, I didn't break one either. All right. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. Last, never have I ever. All right. Oh, the long one. Okay. Never have I ever inappropriately adorned myself in an accessory that made no sense or was completely tacky, but didn't care to work everywhere. AKA those cowboy boots that everyone had when they were five and refused to take them off. Like even if you're in a bikini, but the adult version of this. Oh my God. 
First of all, that was a hell of a long Never Have I Ever. Who wrote that shit? Who did come up with that? I wonder who wrote it. (laughs) Second of all, I don't know what cowboy boots you're talking about. I never own those. What? Maybe that's another thing because I sure own cowboy. (laughs) Um, But that's not the thing. (laughs) I used to wear, it's the dumbest thing ever, and I don't know why we thought it was trendy. But when I was in Culture Shock, which was in college, old enough to know better. Mind you, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Average temperature is what? One million? Yeah. <laughs> Why we thought it was so cool to wear scarves everywhere. Scarves, sweatpants, and boots. Didn't matter like how hot it was. And so I had all these scarves and I was just wearing them everywhere like an asshole. <laughs> so yes, I have ever. <laughs> all right. Neil? I, not, I'm pretty plain. I, You've never owned something like super tacky and people are like, why are you always wearing that? I had purple Converse shoes back in the day. I can't. I had plaid here. Converse and suede Converse. I had all Converse. You know Chuck. You know the Chuck things? Mm-hmm. I, though, but mm, I'm pretty plain. I don't have a lot of accessories. Hmm. Val? You need to dress me up. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you guys heard it here on the record. After that story, you're going to let her... T- why well, I, I apparently Brave need to, man. fancy in my in my wardrobe, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've never been trendy um or cool or anything like that. So <laughs> cool, she said. I don't know. I saw there's probably a lot of things I wore that people were like, What is that? <laughs> I don't know. One of my best friends, Karina, could probably tell you a million things, but I, I don't know right now. <laughs> let, let me share something. All right. Um, back in the 90s, of course, when we were kids, we went. most of us went through a phase of like excessively baggy pants. Not just baggy, sure. but excessively baggy. Yeah. Like to the point where they drag on the ground and we would staple our pants. Like we would fold them under. and. I remember sta- you wearing those. Oh, my God. <laughs> They almost looked like dresses in a way. Yes. They couldn't get baggy enough. Miller's outpost, y'all, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I got the weirdest looks from my family. And I did have an experience. Do you remember the Red Rock movie theater on Charleston and Jones? Like the old, come on, Charleston and Jones was the only movie theater until, uh, let's see. Oh, gosh. Until the Texas station had a movie theater. Anyway, I was walking with friends on Charleston and Jones and cars would lock their doors as we walked by. And we were like 15. Anyway, so those pants made us look really suspicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you guys, and this actually is a great segue, unintentionally, Paul, thank you, into today's topic because we want to talk about Paul's journey. But you would never know. I met Paul when I was eighth grade-ish, knew of you, and then ninth grade, we were in high school together. And totally like paul had his head shaved with this like strip of hair in the back and like he was saying like baggy baggy like skater big jeans and like you would just never think years later and we even like we went to switzerland together i thought you were gonna be a musician like he can sing he can play the guitar and then he grew up and he got into real estate which for me i was like well that was like out of nowhere. So it was for me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so let's just talk about that because the point a is, is real estate. And then he's obviously now a, a yoga instructor and very good at it. But it's like, how do you Thank go you. from, you're welcome from, cause you set yourself up so well going from doing the, what you're supposed to do, like mm-hmm. solid job, really good, mo- really good money y'all mm-hmm. to doing something that other people might on the outside 
criticize or whatever and be like, so wait, you left that job to teach yoga. Okay. <laughs> so t- t- talk to me, talk to me. How, how did this journey start and all that? <laughs> In 2018, after being in real estate for, at that point, it would have been, help me out with some math, from 2004 to 2018 is 14 years? Is that right? 14, 12? 14 years? I don't know. Something. I knew, I, I had a solid, a solid knowing that I had a knowing that real estate has been a great career, but it wasn't my, in, in yoga, what, what we call dharma, our, our life's purpose, our soul's mission on earth. I, I knew that, but I also knew that I built a beautiful career in real estate. And how am I going to make a transition? Am I going to make a transition? Do I need to make a transition? Well, the answer was yes. And so in 2018, I said, if I don't make a plan to exit real estate, it's never going to happen. And I, I'm going to have what some people refer to as golden handcuffs or velvet handcuffs, oh, where yes. you're you're handcuffed with really fancy, cushy, nice handcuffs because it's good money, mm-hmm. but it's not you're bound because it's money, right? It's good money. So I, I made a, a plan and I had already acquired the the investment properties then. Um, I I know that you and I have talked about that a lot. And investment property, it, it, for me, it, owning, investing in real estate was to be the vehicle for my transition. And I didn't know that I was even doing that. I just in, instinctively bought real estate as investments because I was a realtor. So I bought my, uh, so even though I made a five-year plan to exit in 2018, the first investment property that I purchased was in 2012. And if anyone was around in 2012 around real estate and kind of knew what the prices were doing, that was the absolute bottom or the nadir as we're called. You go ahead. You I'm pause? having a cough you attack. You guys go oh, ahead. Push pause. You go ahead. Okay. The, the, the nadir, which is like the, the analytical term for the bottom of a, of a cycle of, of a dip and an apex. Someone's going to, I've got to call the paramedics for her. So if anyone bought a house in Vegas around 2011, 12 or 13, you, you did well. So I bought one then and then a, a few more. So I invested a little bit and I also did a little bit of stock market stuff just because I was making great money in real estate, not knowing that I was going to exit real estate and do yoga, which makes like negative money. Like it doesn't make little, like you lose money teaching yoga. <laughs> so those are, the, those are the biggies. And having tenants in those properties, um, I get a little bit of positive cash flow every month, but I'm waiting until they're paid off. Now, cause I, of course I have mortgages on them. One is going to be paid off in two years and that'll hey. be really wonderful to have all the rental income rather than only some of the rental income. Cause I have a mortgage payment on that, but that was the main way I'm able to transition. So it was, it's been a blessing. But were you ever scared at any point? No, no, I wasn't, but I, I have a little bit of concern right now today. Really? Yep. Because my five-year plan uh, ended January of twenty-three, so I've been now in in yoga career mode for almost twelve months, and I I didn't do it well, to be honest. Okay. I I, I didn't do it as well as I should have. I didn't make a business plan. And I'm being very honest. And and normally I am calculated and I'm strategic and I'm precise. But I'm going to say that I changed during COVID. Like I got a lot lazier than I was in my past. And I knew I was still going to transition into teaching yoga. But now that I'm a year in, um, I'm going to 
I'm going to sell one of my investment houses because I need the income from it. Yeah. Frankly, this house is expensive. Um, I can't break my lease on the car, uh, and that's expensive. So I'm doing my passion. I'm not. I'm not going to stop. I just didn't. I didn't plan as well as I could have, and I, I could have uh, created the business plan that I know how to do. I did it for real estate, and I know how to do it. I just <laughs> haven't done it because. I haven't pulled myself out of like that different mode that I got in during during COVID, but I have things in place now, and I can tell you what's what's in place. We already mentioned a, um, a Costa Rica retreat that Val talked about. That's one of the things, mm -hmm. and trainings and classes and different things. But so then, where do you find the courage to because you are in that position, and most people would be freaking out at this point, right? Like, shit, 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 shit. Mm -hmm. I should just go back to real estate. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. What did I do? I made a mistake, beat themselves up. Extra, like, how do you stay out of that headspace? <laughs> that that's that that's a good question. It, it's it's about knowing your your path is accurate, that you're on the right path. And how do you do that? How do you know you're on the right path? It comes down to really getting to know yourself at a deep level and not just like your name and your body and your skin color and your how strong you are. It's not that. It's knowing yourself at an at a, at a soul level, frankly, because your soul is wise. My higher self, my soul, it knows, and I believe that I listen to it. I believe that I have a connection because I quiet my mind on a daily basis. I do some meditation practices. Mm -hmm. I feel deeply, and I know that I'm doing the right thing. I just have to get my head out of my lazy ass sometimes and put one foot in front of the other. Like that's how I was able to buy this house. And that's how I was able to buy the investment property. So I know I can do it. So it's, 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 a, you can call it faith actually, but it's not faith in, in a deity, in the religion. It's faith in your damn self that you're, that you know. So that doesn't come immediately either. It comes with practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think, I love that you shared, oh, sorry. Okay. No, I was going to say, I love that you shared that too, because I feel like, um, one, congratulations for Thank being you. able to do both and um, and get to a place that you felt safe enough and um, confident enough in yourself that it's like, no, this is and we didn't get into what prompted the transition. I mm. think we we skipped that part. Like, um, so I, I want to know about that. Like, sure. did you take a class one day and you were mm. like, this is what I want to do or, you know, what that was. Um but I think it's so important when people are listening and, and you know, we're praising these people who are, are making their dreams come true and are inspiring other people and are teaching like you do, um, that everybody goes through times where you're like, you know, this is going well, but also let me, you know, tap into this little safety net I had so I can keep doing this. Like there is an ebb and a flow to success and succeeding. And <laughs> that is... And being okay with that and, and accepting that for what it is in that season of your life is really important. Ali Cohn is not dying on us. I'm okay. <laughs> Poor baby. Um, so I just, I just love that you mentioned that because I feel like most of the time people just share the, the ending, you know, mm -hmm. not like all the uh, hills and valleys can get to where they are. And it, it's so important to be able to relate to somebody if you can hear those things and be like, oh, okay, I'm in that valley right now too. Cool, mm -hmm. but Paul's killing it. I got, so I, I can keep going. Uh, so well, thank I, you. So thank you for sharing that oh, you're so welcome. part of it. You're so welcome. 
So I so back to what was it that um, gracious? Let's just acknowledge the fact that I'm losing a lung over here. It's fine, guys. I feel okay. It's just a tickle that I can't get out. That's all. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, but I want to to talk about the thing that uh, inspired the transition. Sure. Sure. I had been straddling two careers for a long time, uh, real estate, which actually paid the bills and yoga teaching, which absolutely didn't pay the bills. It was more like a hobby. So I'm calling it two careers, but really it was one career than one, one passion. So since, um, but was that, sorry to interrupt. Was that something that you started yoga as a kid? Did you go to a, I mean, mm-hmm. I want to know like the very first time you were introduced to it. I would love to share that. This might be just a little bit of repeat from from our previous episode, but let let me just quickly say that in 2007, I was helping a real estate client buy a house and she happened to be a Buddhist meditator. And I was fascinated by that. And I said, hey, what is that? Teach me that. What are you, how are you doing? What happens in the brain? What do you transcend? Do you float? Like what's going on? And she's like, well, I don't know how to explain it, but I know someone who can. And um, there's a guy here in town in Las Vegas named, named Terry Hunt, who teaches basic meditation classes. And I'm like, let's go. So I went and I met this gentleman who became my spiritual mentor. And he's the guy that I co-wrote our book with. And I should go grab, grab a copy of it. Oh, um, you should. We have yeah. a self-published book. Um, I'll, I'll run and get it in a second. So when, when I first went to his classes in 2007, he explained meditation. He explained karma. He explained reincarnation. He explained spiritual growth. He explained consciousness in a way that made 1000% sense to me. And my jaw was on the floor. And I knew immediately that that's what I want to do. I want to be able to say those profound things in the way he's saying it so people can understand like, wouldn't it be cool awesome. if I was able to just explain reincarnation and karma and the purpose of life? And you're like, that makes sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, I knew it in 2007, but not until 2018. I, I knew that I was going to attempt to do it for a living, though. Sure. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. A couple more. I'll fill in the blank between 2007 and 2018. I was obviously in real estate that whole time, mm-hmm. making my income from there. I, I began teaching physical yoga. I got to say physical yoga because that's like the postures everybody knows, but meditation is, is also yoga. And actually in the ancient texts from India, yoga is meditation. The postures are ancillary, are secondary. They're just preparatory to get the body healthy so you can sit and meditate, really. So I began teaching physical yoga in 2013. So I took a teacher training, got my certificate, my 200-hour certificate in 2013. Then I started teaching classes, and then the process was just supercharged, um, combining the spiritual aspect and the physical classes. And by 2018, I realized that I need to really, cause I was straddling, I was doing the splits. Like, has anyone seen Jean-Claude Van Damme on the semis when he does the splits? Yeah. That's, I felt like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one semi was real estate and one was yoga and they were going farther apart. I'm like, I should probably make a decision. I can't. <laughs> So I said, okay, in five years, I'm going to exit real estate. That, that's kind of how, how that happened. And here I am. Can you describe, because we were talking about in the break, um, a process that you take people through to find their purpose as far as the steps. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Go for that. Is it time yes. for that? All I right. mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's 
I keep referencing the texts. What does that mean? So in, in ancient India, there are a bunch of ancient scriptures. You know, the Bible itself is an ancient scripture. There's something called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which is an ancient scripture. In India, there are also things called the Vedas, and those are ancient scriptures as well. There's something taught in the Vedas called, I'm going to use some Sanskrit words, but I'll, I'll say what they mean, called Purushartha. And that is the teaching of the soul's intention on earth. So the soul yours is, is our true self. We're a being of consciousness that's not physical, but we have currently these bodies to gain experience on the in the physical world. And whenever we get born out of a birth canal, we come into the world and we're screaming and crying, <laughs> we, have, we have a purpose. We have a, a reason for, for living. And it's up to us to find the purpose, to try things, to fail, to learn, <laughs> to experience and hopefully really get good at all that so we can have some peace while doing it instead of just being chaotic the whole time and causing drama for ourselves and others. So the teaching of Purushartha, it says that there are four main categories of, of purpose. And the four main categories are as follows. One happens to be the topic of our last episode. Sex? Kama. Kama Sutra. Oh, you which know, is, by the way, when is, you saying Kama Sutra in the last episode, he's like, Kama, Kama. I'm yeah. over here making a comma with my finger like an asshole. Same and I'm sound. like, oh, that's not what he's talking S about. Same sound, just with a K, like Kamala Harris, that kind of kid, comma. <laughs> okay. So Kama. I thought there was an R in there. <laughs> Well, karma is different than kama. Let's be clear. Karma refers to... Okay, so those are two different things. They most certainly are, yes. Maybe I should have said okay. that in the last episode. Yikes. Um, kama, so karma is action and reaction. Kama refers to, in the last episode, I said it was pleasure, mm -hmm. but it also relates to the whole, the whole spectrum of pleasure. So fun, enjoyment, excitement, mm -hmm. uh, peace. Mm, hanging out with homies. That's comma. Right now we're having comma. We're having enjoyment because we're together. We're smiling and giggling and being silly. Yeah. Don't you think life needs to have that? Yeah. Clearly. Right. Obviously. Yeah. So that's one of the four. Um, the second one is something called Artha, which refers to physical needs. If anyone knows Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the yeah. pyramid thing, the very basic level of the pyramid our life, shelter, clothing, money, food, those kinds of things. So we need that in life. So Artha, we have comma, pleasure, Artha, physical means to live. A car to get to your job, for example, or transportation. And then they get a little bit more fun for, uh, from there. Well, I gave the funnest one at first, comma. Then, the, so the, the third one um, is something called moksha. That's another Sanskrit term that a lot of yoga people know. Ooh, moksha. I'm going to find moksha. That, that means freedom. And what we specifically mean is, how do we find something greater than this world? How do we feel that we're connected to something bigger than ourselves? Some people mm -hmm. find it through religion. Some people find it through meditation. Some people find it through hiking in Red Rock mm -hmm. or dancing. You might find it through dancing. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. So there needs to be a connection to something greater. That's moksha. And the last one is simply dharma. Purpose. Yes. Yeah. Purpose. So these four things relate to our soul's purpose on earth. And if we could, uh, I'll lead us through just a little, like a two minute little exercise. Is, okay. is, that, is that okay to do? And we can just, yeah. it, so two minutes, it'll, it'll be very, very short. So let, let's just sit quietly for a moment and let's close our eyes. Mm. Is that okay if we close our eyes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, close our eyes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Start to just breathe a little bit. So breathe through your nose. <sighs> All right. Breathing and 
let's just kind of look at our, our lives for a moment and notice these four categories in our life. So we talked about pleasure. So notice how you experience pleasure. How much enjoyment? How much fun do you have? Do you ever play? Do you ever act spontaneously? Do you ever just get in the car with friends and go on a road trip? Do you ever play music? Just for just two breaths here, think about all the ways that you experience pleasure. Take another breath and just think about that. Okay. And then we talked about artha, which refers to your basic needs in life. So for just two breaths, let's think about our home, our physical home, our physical needs. Is your refrigerator stocked? Do you have some dollars in the bank account or stuff somewhere? Are you comfortable with money? Do you have the physical things that you need to thrive? So just let's think about that. So take a breath. All right, now let's talk about moksha, which is freedom from the physical. Do we have a connection? Do we feel that we are connected to something greater than ourselves? So take a breath into that concept. Good. All right. And then now the last one is the most challenging and Dharma, which, which does mean overall purpose. Let's ask ourselves, are we living for something? Are we living for a reason? Let's just take a couple breaths into that. Take an inhale, take an exhale. Okay, so those are the four. Keep your eyes closed for just another 30 seconds. And I want you to ask yourself, which one of those four needs the most work right now? Which one of those four is a little bit more deficient? And it's okay. We all, even the most, even Elon Musk has a deficient desire. Trust me. So think about it for you. Just let's take two breaths. Breathe in, breathe out. Which one needs work? Breathe in, breathe out. All right. Before you open your eyes, make sure you know which one needs work. All right, let's open our eyes. Okay, so there's clearly a lot more to do there because now that we hopefully know which one needs work, we have to know what to do about that, which is the hardest. But we've begun the process of narrowing down where to dig. So the, the teachings tell us where to dig and what to dig for, but the digging you have to do yourself. Mm. We have to do ourselves. So there's a lot more to that. And th this particular teaching shows up as a, um, a workshop that we teach. It's based on the, something called the four desires called Purushartha. And I lead this twice a year and it's a very, very cool workshop to find purpose. Have you ever had somebody kind of like in your position where they're like, and they do this exercise and they're like, Oh wait, like I've found my purpose through your workshop all the time. Yeah. That, that's the goal. Like our, this workshop, we create something called a Dharma code. It's a mission statement for your life. And we create this over the course of 16 hours. And it's not all at once, 16 hours. It's usually three hours a weekend for several weekends. And we create a Dharma code. You have a mission statement. And that's what we use for meditation for a while. And then you're, you use your, your statement. You, it's like a mantra or a prayer mm -hmm. to yourself. 
and you repeat your own damn mission statement and you you know about manifestation you i'm sure val and ali kona are manifesting mega mama masters just, just made that up <laughs> but you're, you're masters i like that that mega mama map. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine if you repeated the same thing to yourself over and over again, like an affirmation. Is it going to have a better chance of sh of make coming true? Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. I loved. I don't know, and hopefully our listeners felt this. Um, I, I really hope so. That after going through um, those different steps with your eyes closed and thinking about these things very specifically, um. I, I, it was a toss up for me as far as like, which one needs, um, a little bit more attention. Um, finally, uh, you know, I, I know which one needs more attention, um, after really, really thinking about it, but I, I kind of felt a little bit of peace, like more peace than I thought I was going to feel. I thought I was going to feel going into it more anxiety after like, that needs some extra attention, girl, <laughs> but for whatever reason, I think because you broke it down and you you helped us like focus on exactly which one, you know, to kind of, I guess, and Ali Kona knows this about me. I need like steps or like times or like little baby goals to, me to function. Me too, me too. <laughs> so just knowing that, I'm like, right, okay, that's a start. Um, so good. So that was helpful. Good. That was super helpful. Oh. And even just like, thinking of um having the just that uh what did you say like just that prayer for yourself yeah, or that yeah. focus for yourself that you can repeat you know yeah. um it's so simple and it's something we can all apply to this new year to this new energy that we're all feeling hopefully i love new beginnings in general um i think a lot of us do it just feels like <sighs> you can do that and feel like it's okay and it can start over and everybody's kind of like together with this energy right like feeling so i don't i i love new years and i wish we could always feel like this um and yeah. obviously it's a choice but i love how everybody in the new year is simultaneously like feeling like they can do it whatever <laughs> that is mm -hmm. like i just love being around that energy and around people at that time of year. Cause I feel like everybody's so positive and excited and just like wanting to live their life. And unfortunately it dwindles throughout the year and then life happens and we're like, wah, wah. But um, I love this, that you're sharing this with us. Cause I, it, it gets me excited. Like, okay, now I need to like focus on my prayer to myself. My I want to add, I, you're talking about this, the beautiful things and l let me comment if, if I can. Yeah. Uh, why, why does it fizzle? Why, why do we think it fizzles? I think for, I'm not gonna say for me, for me, I don't know. I think yeah, when people don't get results right away, mm -hmm. they yeah. start to lose interest. Cause like, Oh, I tried so hard and I didn't lose that weight or I tried so hard and I didn't learn that thing. And I'm not as good at it as I thought I did, or that dream job didn't happen. So it's easy to slowly fall into older patterns because they're just comfortable with you it. just hit the nail on the head we fall back into our older patterns because they're more powerful than the enthusiasm unfortunately yeah so how do we address the the power differential there why are the older patterns more powerful than the current patterns i know i know the answer to this question Good. guys okay so oh, i wish we had more time guys. i wish we had more time too some, like, <laughs> so the yeah, go, go, go. 
the, the body always seeks homeostasis, right? Mm. Which is comfortable. Chemically, our brains seek homeostasis. And we learn this comfort zone between the ages of zero and seven. That's when your subconscious is forming. Give it to us, girl. Give it to us. So She's on if fire. If you grow up in chaos, in poverty, <laughs> in lack, or whatever, these things that are being fed to you as a baby that you don't know any better, that are normal to you, abuse, whatever, you grow up consciously brain is like, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good at all. Mantra, try this, that, and the third, but the chemicals in your brain, just like an addict, right? A drug addict want to go back to homeostasis. It's comfortable. It feels good. So it guides you subconsciously to find the things that will bring you to homeostasis, whether it's abuse, poverty, or depression, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. So you have to rewire the mm-hmm. brain in order to be able to move forward. Otherwise you keep following that cycle, no matter what you do. It's ugh, you, you, you ladies are, are on it. Like very insightful. Yeah. That's actually very yogic, by the way. Oh. We, we, we also, I, I, I again, want to, can I add a couple more things? Please, please. We, we also, in addition to, to knowing that the brain itself needs to be neuroplastically rewired, yeah. mm-hmm. literally physically rewired. We also have to consciously know or, and believe and feel that our energy forward is stronger than the energy that keeps us back. And we have to really decide and make sure that we have a goal that's strong enough to pull us through. And to what, pull us through. To pull us, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. For the, I, I want you to know, I need you to tell the people who are not watching. You started it. You started it. You jerked off first. Did you Val, I want to make sure you saw that. She did. <laughs> I saw it, but people listening didn't see it, so I want her to call it out. <laughs> let, let me finish my. Ellie Corn is still stuck in our last episode. <laughs> I make sure I admit it. We we have to make sure. Oh, what I was going to say uh, to to pull us forward through <laughs> is. A goal, Val, you mentioned that you need little goals, uh, signposts or markers or something specific, steps, stages. That's exactly what this process of the four desires that I was talking about does. We have a Dharma code or a mission statement of your whole life, but you're you're not just going to achieve all that tomorrow. We have to take it in the stages. So there are intermediary smaller goals that are achievable in like six months to a year to a year and a half-ish. And we need to make sure that we choose one, one just freaking one that is more powerful than the resistance. So we, we can work on the rewiring of our brain. We can work on putting one foot in front of the other. And that's the key. We And, and motivation and accountability. It's good to have a, an accountability partner. But there are so many little tricks and techniques that are given to us, believe it or not, from the yoga world that can help this. And it, it pains me in February when the gyms go back to normal capacity. January, they're all crowded, right? Mm-hmm. February, not six months to a year, February, they're going back to normal. So yeah, I think we all can work on this. What is the thing? Um, I've heard this, that it takes um, 28 days to make a, I think this is it. I, correct me if y'all know this one. Is it 28 days or 30 days to make a habit, three days to break it? Ooh, what, what's the number? That sounds right. Y'all know it? I've heard 40. I don't know. Um, but you're right. It's, it's But is it three days to break it? Is do we all agree on that one? Sure, probably something like that. Listen, Google it. Yeah, I've heard something like. I mean, isn't just like basically it takes a long time. Yeah, but sorry to hear you. I I talked over you. I was excited. It isn't it about muscle atrophy as well. The same thing. You can yeah. build a muscle. It takes yeah. a long time. Stop working out, and it goes back faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my same goodness! Thing. So yeah. frustrating. 
Yeah. Anyway. But so anyway, going to what you were saying, Ali Kerner, about, you know, when when you grow up and, and at your young age and, and things are that are comfortable or familiar, you gravitate towards those or those feel like home or they feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a really long time to rewire your brain. And I don't know the the just the right number of years or whatever um, that it takes. But, you know, because I feel like we, we're hard on ourselves a lot. You know, we expect these changes. And then that is why that it fizzles and that excitement of just like, I'm going to do this and I have these goals and I, this is the year, this is my year. Um, because if we don't see the physical um, thing come up for us, whatever that goal was, then it does feel like, hmm, yeah. want, want. Um, and you lose that momentum and that steam. Well, I do want to say this though, to give people hope, like myself included, right? Cause I fall into that category of, and we all do shit happens growing yeah. up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned, and I know we have to wrap up really, really soon is yes, it can take a long time to rewire your brain, but I, if you're doing the right things and most of us don't have access to that knowledge, it can be done faster than you think. And I know that it is through mm-hmm. meditation, but it's achieving a certain, um, brainwave like alpha, I think is alpha brainwave. If you get yourself into that position, and we were not taught how to do that, right? So it's like taking classes from the people who have mastered that, who can teach you how to get into that brain wave um, activity, brain activity, excuse me, then you can start rewiring things and make it happen. So I just feel like if any of you guys are like me and you find yourself in those same patterns and you've grown up with some sort of trauma, um, seek out, look for information online. I've been doing a lot of stuff with Mind Valley, which I told Val. Mm, nice, and there's, nice. yeah, there's so many different instructors on there. So if you're able to and you have access, or even Joe Dispenser, go on YouTube, guys, and just look him up. It'll explain it a lot better than I. What a boss he is. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. So, anyways. Speaking about your. And your kind of. Sorry. Sorry. And like, I, like, I will start talking and then I won't hear you guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Go. I was just saying yeah. having your accountability partners, your unpaid therapists, um, your teachers, your coaches, your friends, and people to like keep you in line and, <laughs> and be like, and also to help motivate you and be like, ah, you got this. Don't give up. Yeah. It's so important. What are you saying? I was going to comment on the brainwave thing, thingamajiggy you said. It's yeah. it's legit for sure. And I, I always, I'm just, I'm just in awe of the ancient yogis and what they wrote in these ancient texts because physical modern accepted mainstream science is starting to prove physically what they taught centuries ago millennia ago and there's a technique called yoga nidra which might be a new term for many of our of your Ooh. listeners but nidra means sleep mm-hmm. and yoga means mm-hmm. yoga but it's it's yogic sleep which is not sleep it's a conscious sleep aka elevating the brain waves to i believe it's delta waves yeah. it could be theta yeah. theta or delta I think theta. and guess what happens when we achieve that you're receptive to change at a deep level it's kind of like self-hypnosis and that's where you plant the dharma code mm-hmm. and your sankalpa Ooh. i didn't mention what the sankalpa was but that's the smaller goal when you're in those states it's a technique you listen to an audio mm-hmm. i have again i have some i can share with your audience if you would like it's a technique where you lie down and you listen to a voice guiding you through certain mm-hmm. things and getting you to a state of such deep rest, but you're conscious. And then you start repeating the, your personal prayer. Yeah. And it takes root there in yeah. those deep brainwave states. 
So cool. You know, it's funny that you say that because I heard some uh, something similar. Well, not that. I I, I love that because I've never heard what you just described. But something about like making sure to um, think about and visualize all of your goals um, and you achieving them right right before bed. Or, well, the way I really heard it was memorizing your lines um, <laughs> and like doing it right before bed because all those things like stay in your brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know the technicalities of it all. But when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I feel like that's something very similar. And I love yes. that. Yeah. It is It is the same thing. Yeah. Positive affirmation. I love yeah. that yeah. so, so much. Awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much again for your wisdom. Like such great nuggets of information. Thank you. Um, yes, thank of course. You. Tell the people yeah. where to find you one more time. Oh, yes. Paul Benedict, easy to find on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, NewRajaYoga.com is the website. The brand is New Raja Yoga, R-A-J-A, but my name is easy to find me by as well. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up today. Happy New Year. Happy January, February. Hit those gyms. Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Have an amazing rest of your week. We're so grateful that you've joined us today, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you both. Thank you.